Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm playing Gashana the Immolator. I'm Nathan. I'm playing Rao the Battlemaster. Hi, I'm Zach. I'm playing Omid Zarkhan the Twilight Mage. I'm JD. I'm the Dungeon Master for this game. This is ChimeraCast, a Dungeon World actual play podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ChimeraCast. JD, is this is this a, another golem? According to the like bald skin on the the back of his head, no. That's heartening for Omid. <laughs> it does not appear to be made of stone. It appears to be real flesh of a nice dark olive color. Don't step inside the circle. Yeah, there is a slight, I'll say haze or fog within the circle. Can I make my way around to the front where I would be facing this figure? Yes, you will be able to do so. When I get there, uh, do they seem conscious or like in a deep meditative state? This figure is holding uh, with this like string up in the air a, a multifaceted crystal that is resting right above um, where their their left hand is, which is like down on like some uh, some like ritual elements and some like carved um, tablets that have. Uh, clear like magical runes on them right like kind of strewn in front and the figure is like staring into this crystal and the like left arm appears like normal right like it it has the kind of uh, honestly just like chiseled and finely muscled forearms of a person who you know works with stone oh yeah baby (laughs) 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 i knew you were gonna like that one um and then uh and then the the right arm though appears to be which is the one holding the string is like withered and yeah their eyes are open but empty or kind of blank looking into this crystal Omid what's going on here <laughs> I'm not quite sure how dangerous would it be for us to interrupt that's what I'm trying to figure out I'm gonna start kind of like trying to get Get into position. Can I read the tablets? Can I? I'm, I want to start trying to understand. If nothing else, if we if we try and interrupt this thing, is it going to backlash? Like you know, is it? I, I mean, it's kind of like wizardry one hundred and one to not fuck with a ritual. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> um, I suppose is there a way to know if he if there's a way to reach him? That's what I you know like I imagine like hello. Is there a long <laughs> stick around? Yeah. Interesting. So you're trying to come up with a way to do this magically speaking or physically speaking? I think this this might be more magically speaking to me because I think like reaching him physically is what if we're talking about wizard 101 being like, don't interrupt the, the ritual, as it were. I think like a foray into the into the, the, the circle, as it were, seems real dumb. And I I wonder if there's a there's a way to like tap into a a network into maybe the network in order to speak to someone because I imagine this ritual if I if I may be so bold has taken a long time and it takes a lot of preparation and therefore it does have 
I don't know. I guess I, I don't know. How do you guys feel about this as far as like creating rituals? Again, I'm the least read as far as fantasy goes, but like having like an open line of communication, if one were to be performing a ritual that might take weeks, months, things of this nature, a way, a way to communicate outside of it. I have no idea. Yeah. I, mean, I know. I'm, I'm making it up. But like, does that sound interesting? Like, does that seem plausible? I don't know. You've read a lot of fantasy books. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think it makes sense to, the, to, like, have some way of contacting them. Unless he's dead. Does he look alive? <laughs> uh, he looks <laughs> somewhere between life and death. Roll the seven through nine. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. <laughs> uh, JD, how does that, is that interesting to you to explore that kind of space of like I'm cool with just rolling and seeing where this takes us. So give me a this is a magical shit. Give me a a sort of spout lore. I'm I'm cool with that. Let's see where the spout lore goes. Okay, I like. It. I think if you, I think if you get a ten plus on this, you'll be able to do so on a seven through nine. Maybe you'll figure out something else about what's going on here, right? But not necessarily what you wanted. And then on the six minus, uh, I don't know, you fall off the balcony and die. That seems good, right? Yeah, yeah, I got it. Cool. <laughs> That's a six, seven, eight, nine. Cool, cool. So you're not going to have a clear channel of communication. It actually looks like maybe maybe that is like a normal thing, and I actually like that idea, but there doesn't appear to be that kind of second route through, right? Whatever it is, obviously this person either knew that they were going alone and therefore just didn't worry about it, was too arrogant to put one in or something, right? None of which are necessarily outside of the character of, of Ypsilanti. What would you learn? I think I think you did talk about trying to understand what these runes were like maybe doing or what this ritual was maybe doing. Yeah. I think it is this is a clear ritual of solar transport. And by solar transport, I mean of the soul. Right? So his body is here, but Ypsilanti is somewhere else. Of course. <sighs> Normally, when one so powerful would attempt a ritual that might take an excess of time, you would leave like an open network of communication so that your servants or fellow mages might be able to speak to you, to tell you that now is not the time or we, we need you maybe just to communicate about what's happening in the outside world while they attempt this powerful magic. It appears... The one we are seeking has decided to shut all the doors, as it were. If you can believe it. And it just lets out that, like, frustrated, like, <sighs> sigh. Can't say I'm surprised. Do we just leave him? Probably best not to touch him at this point. No. From what I can uh, gather from these runes and these markings, he's performing some kind of magic that displaces the soul. I can give you a like a little extra detail on this because I feel like it would make sense or it's yeah. just a, a greater context. Uh, this is not necessarily just transporting his soul. It is transporting anybody's soul within the circle. Uh, not it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Okay, this is really interesting. So I might take this um, another, yeah, yeah, another yeah. moment. It would seem that though he has left us no doors with which to communicate, he has left us the ability to join him wherever he may be. The problem for me is I do not totally understand where that is. 
and beans that he has been gone for a year. It could be a trap. It could be a place that no one can return. It worries me. We came here for Ypsilanti. Are we so willing to leave with half of him? No. No, we are not, Kashana. I just worry about us. That is why I will go. If you go, we're all going. That seems very stupid. It's very stupid to go at all. How many brilliant things have we done since arriving here, Omid? None. It's none. And therefore, I believe if we're taking turns being stupid, it's about time I tried my hand at it. And you... And he, like, jets this kind of searing gaze at Rao. Should probably lay down while I do so. And what happens when you get trapped in there because you went alone? The two of us follow, go home? I'll figure something out. Can you leave open channels of communication unlike Ypsilanti? Ooh, this is spicy. JD, what do you think about that idea, like kind of leaving behind an, a line of communication in some way? Yes, I actually... I So... I really like the idea of you leaving behind a line of communication. Uh, I'm intrigued to know what you're thinking about doing for that. Uh, given that I don't necessarily think it's in your wheelhouse, though if you want to try to justify it somehow, I'm cool with that. But yeah, I think you're probably going to have to cast a spell to leave this behind. Yeah, I'm into that as as well. I think also I haven't had a ton of personal experience creating the, the communicative line. I think probably Omid in his studies has tapped into them before to to speak to another person so he kind of has a an intuitive understanding of how to do it i'm i'm interested in casting a spell as well and forgive me if i'm wrong but i thought you said that the the kind of markings everywhere and on the tablets and stuff like emitted a kind of light the uh the ritual chalk does right yeah so i'm i'm really interested in like visually this kind of like I'm leaving behind like a small line that would like lay on top of it. Like as if like uh, a, a small wisp of my own shadow would trail on uh, around the ruins and connect to the outside. That would be like this, this like connective tissue to me. So it's like, it's like laying over the line as, as it were, but it's still leaving that, that light like shimmering out on the chalk on the ground but it's like I'm tracing it and leaving behind a small piece of myself from the outside. Yeah, I'm cool with you bringing the shadows into it to make it work for you. How are you picturing them being able to communicate with you? I was actually interested in opening that up to the table. I'm cool with that too. I just think it would influence maybe how this would work. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm interested in it as well because I, I like the, especially like the, the effects much more or much less like, it won't last for uh, very long. Like the spell has unforeseen side effects. It might draw unwanted attention. I think there's some really interesting problematic aspects of that. I, I had just kind of like done the like vague notion of like you would you would like be able to like grasp at this and, you know, like speak to my air quote essence or whatever. But like I'm interested in something a little bit more practical if you guys have ideas. Does this like shadow strand, instead of us being able to like, you know, like grab it and speak into it like a microphone, connect to Rao's shadow and like link you two almost telepathically? That's fucking cool. 
Oh, it's like he's holding on to the line as I walk into the the ether, more yeah, or less. Exactly. That's I like that. That's, that's really neat. Yeah, I like that. So basically, you're gonna have a line that's literally connecting his shadow to your shadow. Yes. Cool. Go ahead and roll cast a spell uh, with your dance of the shadows. That's gonna be a seven. Oof. Uh, do you <laughs> have any minus ones or anything going on? I'm not sure. I do not have any minus okay. ones. I didn't going think on right so, now. but I just wanted to to check in. I've got one to my con. Uh, right. That, yeah, yeah. I, I meant. I, I just meant like, on like the. You know, you take a minus one on going for cast a spell. Oh yeah. No. I um. But yeah, I didn't. See I didn't think you did. Okay. Unforeseen side effects. Might draw unwanted attention. Always a spicy include, and I've got to choose two, so I think I'm gonna pick that one. I can see some interesting for all three of these, so I might like choose let the other three to the table. The spell won't last long. You'll need to hurry to take advantage of it. The spell affects either much more or much less than you wanted it to, or the casting saps your energy. Take minus one going. Honestly, won't last long is kind of interesting. I yeah, think that's, that's actually, yeah, about. like at first it was not interesting, and then I was like, actually, it might be really interesting. Like, it could be really, like, scary or, you know. Yeah, and for once, that option is not just a cop-out. It's like, oh, no, I actually have to hurry. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Does that sound cool? Yeah, I like them. So you're you're drawing unwanted attention or putting someone in the spot is the way that that one reads, right? Unforeseen side effects or unwanted attention. Ah, okay, okay, there it is. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one you're doing is won't last long. Yeah. Cool. I like that a lot. I think for the won't last long, uh, I'm I'm gonna fucking make a clock, dude. Like as in a literal clock or like a a front? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a four clock on this, and then uh, yeah, it'll be a little a little mini front. Cool. That things could potentially affect. Okay, cool. I like that. So, um, you cast this spell. You kind of leave this line. Are you like? Is it like you're physically handing like this shadow over to to Rao or something? What does this look like? I think there is kind of. I like this because we've kind of like done like this kind of amorphous like sticky substance. Sometimes is like a representation of the shadow, like like living in in its way. And I love the idea of. Omid like opens like it pulls up like like a kind of like blood in his hand and he kind of like pours it into yours and, and you see the substance just like pour right through your hand and down onto the ground so it just connects with your shadow like as if he was giving it to you but you like kind of like grasp at it but it just slips right through and goes down into the ground and then it just makes like a line to yours exactly yeah that's neat be careful all right I'll do my best I am going to approach the circle and enter with the kind of reverence that this type of thing deserves, which I think for Omid is a lot of a lot of shaky, very calculated steps and a, a you know what's the word I want supine like you know bent over in this kind of way as if he was approaching like a royalty or something. Uh, he's approaching great power. I feel like there is a little bit of that, like, animalistic when, like, the the other wolves approach the alpha or something like that. Like, he's just walking. He's trying to, like, lower himself and wade his way into this circle. Cool. Uh, give me a defy danger plus intelligence. That'll be a 12. Yeah, absolutely. You're able to carefully and cautiously, like, make your way basically through the magic surrounding this ritual without disturbing any of it and i think there's almost like an intent that you like you can sit and look into this crystal next to ypsilanti and i assume you're doing so yeah that uh, that reads as the the way through and to 
right? So your eyes transfix on kind of this kaleidoscope of shimmering light within this crystal. It's like reflecting the bioluminescent uh, chalk around you into, uh, and it like focuses it into your eyes and everything outside of the circle fades from view and all you can see is this light. And then you feel yourself leaving your body and in a in the blink of an eye being transported somewhere else somewhere else uh far beyond uh the familiar lands that you are used to round gashana um this is gonna be a little bit so what are you two doing once once omid settles in and seems to you know his eyes glaze over and become empty as his spirit leaves him what are you what are you two doing I can't deny this makes me more than a little uncomfortable. Me as well. I've come too far to hang this all on the roll of a die. Well, it may not come down to that. If he needs us, he'll let me know. I just don't like seeing him like that. He looks dead. I think this whole time, Gashana hasn't like kind of stopped pacing circles, or like she's filled with this newly, like falsely instilled vigor, kind of. It's unnatural, and she can't stop moving. She she just shrugs. Perhaps they're both dead. We wouldn't have any way to know. Well, if he doesn't say anything to me through this link that he made, then I suppose we'll go in there and die too. Sound all right? I suppose I have little choice at this point. Rashana, that was a joke. Are you all right? I'm fine. Why? For one, you haven't stopped moving. This entire time. And two, you haven't met my eye in just as long. I met my god, Rao. I... One does not come away from the consumer unscathed. I am not as I was. Fine. So you keep wandering around for a minute. And Rao kind of like looks uncomfortable and goes back and sits on the bed. It's a shame we lost that rope. I could have just lassoed him, pulled him out if I got scared. Rao starts rummaging through his pack. Huh. You know I have bandages in here? <laughs> I looked at my character sheet earlier. I was like, huh. <laughs> you have what? Bandages. Does Rao still look super fucked up? Oh, yeah. And he's he's pulled one out and has, like, rolled it on the ground and begun wrapping it around, like, his torso. I guess he's undone his jacket and begun wrapping it around his torso, like, just kind of spinning in a circle, waiting for you to offer to help. It's really hard to do this one-handed. He does not say that. You look like you're having some difficulties. No, it's fine. I, uh, done this before. He, like, kind of fumbles and ties, like, wraps it around one of the posters of the bed and tries to keep it taut that way. It's not working. This is going really awkward. I'm trying to decide what, like, not having a bond with somebody means. Uh, let me, I'm going to give you a thing, because I think maybe you would have normally been intrigued by this, but I'm going to maybe point you in a direction. Okay. If you're cool with it, let me know what you think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is sort of a, a nondescript wardrobe, right? Just like a, a, a nicely carved wooden chest, essentially, uh, that you guys probably overlooked earlier. It's easy to miss with everything else in the room and everything else going on. You know, it looks like a place to keep clothes. But you feel a warmth coming from there, like a fire drawing you toward it. Oh, yeah. Dope. Yeah, so after she said that, 
tells Rao that it looks like he's struggling with this. She's going to walk over to this wardrobe, and yeah, she just opens it. So it, in fact, contains clothes. But among those clothes, um, there is at least one set of clothing that is clearly of elvish origin, uh, but very old elvish origin. I mean, very old in terms of human terms, not in terms of elf terms, perhaps. And then there is like a bust of an elvish figure that you would likely recognize as a leader of your people a generation ago. And this bust is wearing a, a crown, a helmet of many faces. So basically mirroring its own face, kind of looping around it. So there's, you know, like six total faces on it, including his own. It is clear, like, this This is the source. It is, like, a burning. So the crown, is it? Is it, like, one of those, like, jewelry busts that there's, like, an actual crown sitting on? Or is it just, like, a bust of a guy who had the crown on? Oh, yes. Excellent question. Uh, yes, there is an actual crown sitting on this bust. And, like, I think the, like the, the depiction of the bust looks almost so realistic that you almost expect, like, the voice of your father to come out of it, right? Like, it's not your father, but it's just, like... Right. You haven't, yeah, my you haven't seen an elf in a long time. Yeah. You know? The first thing that Gashana does is... Oh, man. Fuck. This is tough. Yeah, she puts the crown on. Cool. Give me a defy danger plus charisma. <laughs> that's a four yeah that seems about right Kashana, you feel your consciousness spread out over the world like a wildfire it courses across the lands scouring every corner every facet taking it all in as quickly as it can and passing over it but you feel no one else you feel nothing else. There is maybe the distant whisper, almost. If you really try to pick something out, you can maybe hear faint lingerings of your kind. But however, whoever this crown was meant to communicate to, no one appears to be listening. No one appears to be on the other end to pick up. Rao, how's this uh, bandage coming? I think Rao finally stops fucking around and just puts the bandage on. <laughs> he was trying to get Gishana to interact with him because she's been acting aloof. Mm, I like that. And obviously it didn't work, so he just stops messing around as soon as she starts playing in the wardrobe. So he but- he's buttoning his coat back up. I think about the time that Gishana puts the crown on. Yeah, cool. So you get your HP back. Uh, I think it's seven? I'm pretty sure it's seven. But it just takes a while, but that's okay. You have some time. Also, I will note that for Gishana's failure, I'm advancing this clock. What clock? Your clock. My clock? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's not necessarily just you who can who can cause it to, to go forward. Sorry, boss. Rao, so what are you doing now, Rao? You oh. you have bandaged yourself. As Rao's buttoning his jacket up. Is that an heirloom of your people? Gishana doesn't respond. She's sitting there in, in shocked silence. Yeah, I think this will also this like exploration like of your of or this expansion of your consciousness, right, will like take a little while. That's why I advanced the clock. But I, th- I still think shock silence is apt. Gashana? No, you can be you can be silent if you want. I like the idea of Rao being alone. Mm. This is actually kind of interesting. So maybe Rao, what are you what are you doing for a little bit in this silence, um, kind of by yourself, and then I'll 
I'll transfer over to Omid's experience. When Gashana doesn't respond, he walks up and touches her on the shoulder. And I don't think that you physically respond either. No. And Rao's face drops. And he quietly limps back over to the bed and puts his head in his hands and waits. Because uh, I think this is kind of fun. Give me a defy danger for real this time. Plus wisdom. Or maybe constitution. I could buy. Whichever you make the call. There, uh, Wisdom's higher. I'm leaning constitution because I think it's a physical tiredness. If that makes yeah. sense to you. It does, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's a five. Ha. <laughs> Yeah, this bed's so fucking comfortable that you're like, I'll just sit here for a little bit. And then you're like, well, no one's. I guess I'll just lay down. And I think you fall asleep. I'm going to advance the clock again. (laughs) It should be noted that it's not like it's not like this. This tie getting severed means you no longer have any access to this world. It just means that you can't communicate with them. Right. I was fine with the former. I'll die in space. I'm a (laughs) twilight mage. Let's go. (laughs) Omid. While Gashana's consciousness is spreading out over the mortal plane and Rao's consciousness is expanding across dream space, your consciousness is going somewhere else entirely different. And you feel yourself move almost like a beam of light across the the great ether of the sky. And where you were staring into a a crystal with this facet, it is replaced instead by a silver flame flickering across your face. It's strange light covering your face in shadow as it strikes across you. You stand in the center of a sort of city square with buildings larger than any you've seen before. They seem to almost be made of the finest metals and shimmering crystal clear glass and this this flame in the center of the square it casts shadow instead of light and this reflects off of the denizens the people who live here who are lean and tall long-limbed long-necked somewhat humanoid but with four arms and their eyes are empty and they're not moving they're not breathing they don't seem to react they're simply standing in this strange anti-glow of the fire you're standing next to a humanoid figure what do you do i take that long look in around at my surroundings and i try and process what i'm seeing the world in its negative like a photograph and i think there's like this terror and dread that I feel like that kind of existential terror and dread where you realize like it it was that it was that first inkling of similarly or or kindredly like the first time he had you know kind of understood what you know magic in a real way had seen it kind of act as an abnormal force but this is in such a I think such a stranger place because now to feel other from your whole existence as if as it you know it's it's like what what the what, what humans must have felt when they realized that the the universe didn't revolve revolve around them or something right that we are not the epicenter of all of this and that's i think what 
Omid is starting to realize is that you know all of his struggles are 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 more uh, ants uh, in the greater scheme of things, and all of this kind of comes together, snaps in his mind, and he turns to his side to that humanoid figure. I don't suppose you're Ypsilanti. He turns to you, and indeed the face matches that of the figure you saw back in the ritual circle. Except this one is, you know, fully fleshed. It looks uh, full of life rather than the kind of husk that you found there. He has, as I said, um, this kind of dark olive skin, somewhat gray eyes, there's a bald head and, and a, a, like a long, well-kept beard. Um, is wearing these, you know, f- very fine silk robes. And uh, his arms are, um, you know, fairly well-defined. Like, he looks very fit, actually, for essentially an old man. He's old man fit. And he, he like, looks at you curiously and says, I am Ypsilanti. Who are you? How did you come here? I am Omid Zarkhan. I have come here... Uh, through the desert, through the plains, through your manse, with my companions, all coming to speak with you, hoping that each of us may, in our turn, gain something from you, selfishly maybe, because you, you seemed like you could be the one who might be able to help us. You must be quite formidable to make your way through the protection, the magics of my home. What do you come here to seek my help in that you cannot solve yourself? For myself, I run from the terror of the Shah. I was one of his experiments, and I hoped to garner greater understanding of my existence and my twinned existence with this peace of the galaxy that lives inside of me. I mean, I'm assuming you're like drawing your shirt aside to show the the meteor, right? Yeah. Hmm. You speak of Uru Kalilum, do you not? Yes. Hmm. A most powerful magician, though his goals are somewhat mundane. Interesting that he would put this within you. I have worked with star steel before it is a powerful source of channeling magic he must have seen something within you yet you run from him why he could make you powerful like him i am certain to be a slave is not to be powerful to be powerful over others is not to truly have power especially when you must always kneel to the same person when they are willing to Erase everything from you. So you've turned your back on certain power mm, in the pursuit of knowledge, I suppose. A noble path, though few would choose it, and it brought you here. You have come all the way to the inverted city, Ruer, city of the silver flame. It's quite beautiful, is it not? It is beautiful, though it does strike a certain fear in me. Mm. As it does me, of course I often seek to understand things that I fear. 
very likely that is what has brought me here. And he, he kind of spent some time staring at it again. You have been gone a long time from your manse. Do you know that? Have I? Yes. How long has it been? I cannot say exactly, but enough for the manse to fall into a sort of disrepair. Hmm. I suppose that explains why you have made your way through. Time works strangely here. In fact, that is what brought me here to begin with. I found this place, this city, in the mind of a creature. I probed within it and saw what it has seen. Time does not seem to work here the way that it works where we are from, though we, unfortunately, are still bound by it. Our spirit does not know how to move about this place as its citizens do. So they do move, eventually. Hmm. No, not not if you wait. Time here is stretched out, like, like you would move about a room. We see them as still, because we are stuck in one part of the room. I am hoping to understand how I can move about it. And he, like, gestures to, like, basically a stack of notes. This does seem like something worth investigating. And I would be interested in helping you, if you are interested in helping me and my friends. Well, I am impressed that you have come this far, and I believe that you have a great talent within you. I am not one for apprentices. I do not need your help. And he turns and and faces you again. Thank you for the kind offer, though. Omid kind of, like, frowns. That's uh, exactly what Omid actually does. Strange. Womu would have led me to believe that you were, in fact, very interested in apprentices. Hmm. Did he? That's very generous of him. And he doesn't really say anything else. Is it fear or something you're holding back from me? I have my own projects to pursue. I had no master. It did not stop me, as not having a guide did not stop you from getting here. You can find your own path. I'm quite sure of that. And what about my friends, who have come here seeking for more practical answers than an apprenticeship? Do I look like a practical man? Judging by your home, no. You are not practical at all. But I think there is a way you could probably help them if you are willing. Hmm. Perhaps. I'm sure there is a way that I can help a great many people. I have lived a long time, Omid. People come and go. You sort of lose track. How long has it been since you've seen him? Who? Your partner. My partner? Ovid? (laughs) Ovid is not my partner. He could not face... Trapping the creature and certainly would not be able to come here. No, Ovid went on to pursue his minor works, I assume. I have not seen him in some time, though it seems I feel it was less long ago than you would believe it is. Yes, you have been here for a long time. You realize how frustrated they're going to be, knowing that you are unwilling to help them after going so far. You came to my home uninvited. 
You went through what I'm certain was several deterrents. You have come into my most private places. I'm certain that you have drawn the attention of others and weakened the barriers that protect my home in doing so. Forgive me if I do not feel indebted to you. I have attempted to give you... I was willing to give you everything. Maybe I had just thought that someone of your stature would have that kind of open heart and that willingness to help others. It would seem to me now that you may be better left alone to your books and your, your time alone. Perhaps when... And he kind of like looks around at this strange place. Perhaps when I was a much younger man. Perhaps. We're going to scene change right there over back to Ypsilanti's bedroom. So I think I think it's maybe most interesting if Rao jolts awake. Maybe actually he has a little dream sequence, right? That is like the last like bits of the dream are like, do you know how disappointed my friends are going to be when you say that you aren't willing to help them? Right? Because you're like getting the channeled energy like through to your consciousness. And then you like bolt awake like shit right that feeling when you wake up without an alarm <laughs> you're like that's not right okay fuck <laughs> uh, i will say Rao, you can have hp for uh sleeping for eight hours because that's what you just did <laughs> was that half is that what it is uh, yeah saying? half of your total hp thank god one of us has hp to spare <laughs> was there a stimulus that awoke me or was it just uh yeah for right now you're waking naturally but that's not right you shouldn't have been asleep to begin with right yeah, so Rao, Rao sits up, and is it night now? No, the sun has not moved. Oh, that's right. It doesn't do that. I forgot. If you, like, if you like go out, you, like, you know, check outside the, the – out onto the balcony again, right? Like, so it is still sunlight. So you're not sure, actually, how long you've been asleep because clocks aren't a thing. Um, but you feel rested, which is probably not good. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's the worst good sleep I've had in a long time. Right, right. You are going to see Omid still with Ypsilanti in the ritual circle. You do feel his presence uh, still through the shadow link that you have. Though, you know, obviously, unless you're actively trying to communicate to each other, you can't do so. But uh, you do you do feel still feel like that's going on. But I think as you do come out to the balcony, probably you're like, oh, okay, everything's okay. Seems okay. You know, like I haven't fucked anything up. You will probably notice for the first time, um, since you kind of have this breather, you will see the bodies of troglodytes out in the garden. Gashana? Gashana, you probably are able to hear that voice and can respond to it if you so choose. Gashana pulls the, the crown off. What, Rao? The people from the Riverlands have made it to the manse. Oh, they're dead, by the way. Well, they still made it here, which is fucked up. Right. <laughs> well, something's killed them, but... Unless I'm mistaken, they shouldn't be able to get here at all. Kishana goes out onto the balcony with Rao. It doesn't look like your old friend the gardener did that. Does it look like my old friend the gardener did that? No. I mean, <laughs> they're not like ripped in half, which you you definitely feel like is what the gardener would do. No, like real question. Uh, what sort of I I don't I assume I have a pretty decent vantage point. They have been both hacked apart by sword and bolted with bolts. Though there are no bolts in them or anything. What kind of grouping are they in? When they tried to escape, were they were they corralled into a certain position? That is, was this a trained group that did this or a single person? I should I would be able to tell that. 
I like that. Would you have a? Do you have like a? Oh, discern realities. Duh. Is there a mood <laughs> to figure out what's going on? <laughs> That's a ten. Oh yeah, ask some yeah. questions, boy. Yeah, what happened here recently? Yeah, like, <laughs> is the first one. I'm yeah, asking. that's the obvious one, right? Yes, uh, you can certainly tell that there was some sort of conflict. Um, although you can also tell that some of these troglodytes were like taken by surprise. There do seem to be two assailants who managed to kill all of these things. I think importantly, you see the dead body of the shaman as well. The troglodyte shaman, you mean? Yes. Okay. Who's really in control here? Interesting. Um, if it helps, my last one is probably what here is not what it appears to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Huh. Who is really in control here? This is going to be whoever these assailants are. They seem to be moving with a purpose. And the barriers that prevented you guys from like moving through the, the manse or whatever, right? Like obviously the troglodytes have been able to make it in. Um, those barriers obviously don't seem to be working as they were for you all. And then what here is not what it appears to be, right? Yeah. Uh, if you like this, uh, this did not happen necessarily very recently. If that's a cool answer for that. This isn't something that, that happened, um, you know, happened while you were asleep. It is something that happened that now you are just noticing for the first time. You guys, when you were on the balcony before, right, were kind of distracted with everything going on. So you didn't really catch it. Like you didn't pay attention to the garden, right? You're just like, oh, it's the shit out there. We're in the dimension. Is that cool? It is. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. That tribe couldn't get in here, at least not in a group, maybe one or two. Someone's disabling the manse's defenses. And from the look of things, this happened a while ago, so they're already in the mansion. We need to get Omid out of there. We can't just pull him out. Heavens knows what would happen if I even tried. And as of right now, he's mid-conversation with Ypsilanti, as far as I can tell. Who, not to make this any worse, doesn't seem too willing to help us out. We have to prepare for the worst. What can we do to make this room defensible? I have to be honest. As far as that goes, I think we should... If we can get Omid out of here, or wait until Omid gets out of this trance, we could run back to the... What is it called? The mirror room? In the mirror passageway. The, yeah, the that's pa- been the, the general term. Is there a way to close that mirror passageway, JD, and us open it from this side? There's not like an obvious way to do so, no. It's still open... Uh, and okay. it's opened by the mirrors, right, on the other side. So unless you could somehow manipulate those mirrors from this side, you don't know of a way to pass through it. Gotcha. So we could head back to the mirror passages, go somewhere else, and be gone. We're not doing that without Omid, though. I agree. I don't intend to leave him here. JD, there is there, I assume, there is a door from here into the manse proper. You could assume that if, you know, you were like a normal person and this was a normal place, but no, there is not. There's not. Okay. No, I, that's that's totally reasonable. But as far as I can tell, this seems to be the best place for us to be. There's not an obvious passage into here, and if they can find it in here, then we can't prepare for it anyway. All we can do is sharpen our blades and hope Omid comes back soon. Very well. I'll defer to your experience. While she waits, Gashana's going to change into the, the, the like new elvish robes. <laughs> All right, cool. If if she's going to go out, she's going to go out in style. Go out in fucking style. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, being a slave, right? Like, for part of your life, like, this is a return to luxury. Yeah. Uh, they feel fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, somebody knows how to cut cloth for an elf. <laughs> Aside from the wardrobe, are there any other stores in here? 
there might be some other like useful things hidden around. What are you maybe trying to hope for, hope to find? Or if you're just poking and prodding, I can just give you a DR and we'll just see where that goes. Yeah, I guess let's do that. Because okay. I, Ra- it's one of those things where Rao would die. The problem here, and what I was trying to get at, is that there's not a defensible position in this room because we don't know where the fuck somebody could attack us from. So Rao is just looking around for literally anything he could use to home alone this place. Sure. While you're doing that, um, Gashana, what are you doing? Is there anything that looks particularly flammable in here? Uh, and so basically what I want to do is if Rao can find another doorway, basically make like a like a channel of flame that would force like basically keep them from flanking us. You could certainly light the well, either the bed or the little couch by the coffee table. They're definitely flammable. Okay. Rao, you can go ahead and give me the the this next discern reality. That's a twelve. Woo, holy shit. Uh yeah, you're you, discerning so, some shit in this room. Yeah, yeah, you have three more questions. You don't have to spend them all right now. I'll let you like hold on to them for a little while, but um obviously you're going for at least one of them. Yeah, at least useful or valuable is what I'm doing right now. I think that you will find just a couple of small things at least, right? Like you're not going to find a defensible location or whatever. This is a bedroom. That's certainly, you know, he he's not expecting anybody to get into. And if they do, he had this centaur golem to protect him. But what I do think you can find in that same wardrobe, Gashana was poking through. Obviously, Gashana's eye was drawn toward the elvish stuff. Um, so that's what she would pay attention to. However, you have a much more practical eye. You do find a like heavy... But strangely light, right? Like, it's a heavy for a robe, but strangely light for what it is. This is like a spun metal thread robe. Very finely made, but is actually uh, gives um, protective armor for anybody who wears it. Um, so it's just plus one armor, but it is a silver robe that, I mean, anybody could wear probably over uh, armor. It's like a loose robe with a tie on it, but there's that. That's fucking cool. And hold on, I've got one more thing here real quick. Oh, neat, neat. You are going to find a matching set of earrings actually that are they're both like facing the same way so if you were to wear them on each of your ears they would like be facing the same direction as each other so it doesn't really make sense basically they're they're a matching pair in the sense that two people are meant to wear them you're not sure what they do but they catch your eye so you find that uh you still have two more questions um if you want to use them now let me know i'll hold on to them for a minute okay yeah kushana were you um you were looking for things to burn. Are you doing anything else? Yeah, I think, Rao, this bed and this couch, can we maneuver them in front of the way into the balcony? Keep them, maybe force them to come at us one at a time? Do you want the balcony to be our stronghold? Easier to defend one balcony than an entire room. I suppose. Rao, like, looks out of the courtyard, and I suppose if somebody surprises us from that angle, we're not in a very good position anyway. All right, yeah, you'll need to help me, I... I can't pick them up myself, and I'd probably have trouble dragging them. I found some things in this wardrobe, though. Would you like to wear this? And he holds up the, the metal robe. This may stop her some bladed objects or projectiles. Perhaps Omid would be more suited to that. I have I don't have much use for armor. Rao begins to, to put it on over his leathers. Yeah, it's just plus one armor, bruh. Yeah. If Omid gets attacked at all in this foray that we may be finding ourselves in, I think we may have already lost... Let's set up your barricade. And Rao pockets the earrings for now. Yeah, Gishana will help him push stuff into position. Uh, Yeah, cool. You guys can do so. It'll just take a little bit. 
Uh, but that's okay. You have some time. We're going to cut back through space and time and get back to the Silver Flame. We're back in Vrer. I realize maybe you're right. Maybe I have to forge my own path, which has been something I've been afraid of. I'm afraid that the Shah has been able to track me. And that, that maybe is why I really came. For the knowledge is something that is nice, but I'm afraid that he will hunt me down and find me. Do you know any way to hide from his gaze? Well, I suppose that would explain why this ritual will be ended soon. What do you mean? I have gained some insight here, and while I cannot traverse the way that I would like to, I'm still forced to stay on the linear path before me. Well, we'll say that I knew that you were coming, and, well, unfortunately, I will not be finishing what I'm hoping to finish here. Someone will interrupt the ritual. I am not certain from my limited perspective whether it is the friends that you have brought with you or those who are seeking you, but I believe it could be either. You can hide. You can hide yourself. There is nothing preventing you from doing so. Like I said, I believe that you have a power within you, a talent. You do not need to rely on my teaching. In fact, I think you would find much of it rather dull. Is my talent not just this thing inside of me? <laughs> I do not believe that the Shah put that within you to unleash your talent. I believe that that thing is within you to prevent you from reaching your potential. It radiates with his power, not yours. Is there a way to remove it? Oh, I have found in my time that there's very little that we cannot do with magic. But healing is not really my strong suit. Do you know someone who could help me? <sighs> Perhaps. Though I know not where they are or if they are even still alive. Many told me the same of you. Hmm. And yet here I am. And yet here you are. I take it you are somewhat disappointed in finally meeting me. Not to joke, but it seems in my experience scholars are always a little bit disappointing. Uh, and he lets out like an actual like deep belly laugh at that. You have wisdom in you, boy. Hmm. That thread that you have connecting you back to the material plane, you should warn your friends. I believe that you have sent out a beacon for others to follow. The Shah has likely followed the wake of magic that you have laid behind you, but now that tether shines, shines like this silver flame, its darkness lighting the way. I believe it is almost time for me to go back to them. I'm going to try and focus my energy into this tether and communicate that we are going like what what is the most succinct way to stay this they're coming for us i'm intrigued on um we'll see how well this like telepathy works i think and then we can roll with that whether it's like an impression or a distinctive conversation give me a defied intervals intelligence to like reach out across the the ether cool that's gonna be a seven okay so they're not gonna get any like pluses or negatives from this and they are going to, I mean, you'll at least be able to give an impression to Rao, which at this point, obviously, will just like confirm his suspicions, but still. Uh, what what impression what, do you think you would get, Rao? What do you think sounds cool as like an image or a, like a phrase works as well, but I wonder if it, it might be like something you see through it. 
Or I was thinking it would be something as simple as get ready or. Okay, yeah. I think it can be that simple. That's why I wanted to. I mean, because they're coming for us it seems almost too much. Yeah. Right. Then I, li- I like get ready as coming out. And it's, it's just kind of got this echoic kind of force to it, as it were, like when you were waking from the dream. Does that sound cool? Yeah, that's cool with me. Yeah. Then I think that's what happens. So it, it basically just prepares them. I can't tell them anything more than that, but. Right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, Rao, what's your reaction to this? We've got this shoddy barricade set up. Are you guys back out on the balcony then? Yes. Cool. Omid agrees with us. Somebody's coming. I don't know how he knows or how soon, but he's worried, telling us to get prepared. I wish they'd just come already. And when they're here, you'll wish they waited. JD, what is about to happen? Ah, cool, cool. The Shaw's hunter killers will arrive. They have, in fact, been able to track Omid exactly to your location and have made their way through the mansion, basically following your trail. You kind of, um, maybe you picked up on this, like, I don't know, you know, you're like general's intuition cutting in and you likely feel, oh, I like this. You feel the powerful, like magical emanations of, uh, the Shah's like lingering power much as you did when you were going up against his enforcers as he was like casting the ritual to glass your desert. Fuck yeah. Rao holds his hand out and then like licks the tips of his fingers. You feel that? Like the air itself is blighted. That same sick energy the Shah's people brought forward when they killed us. I know only one thing that can cleanse such foulness from the air. Kashana gets out the uh, alchemist's fire, and I'm going to light the, the couch and bed on fire. Fuck yeah. So we have this flaming barrier between them and us. Cool, cool. Uh, so basically you try to do this to like funnel them right down the, like you left a little narrow passage, or are you, are you lighting the whole thing up? I think this time it's like a... A barrier. Yeah, you're just going like, full barrier. They're cool. they're gonna come. Like they're not gonna let us stay alive. Right. So yeah. Cool. I like it. You light it. Rao, you do anything else? Waiting. Huh. Cool. I'm gonna cut back over to Omid real quick. So I was really interested in this as like the last kind of presence before I, Omid has his last question, which is that feeling of that that I got a feeling from Rao, which was because I just really liked how you extended your senses is like I felt through that like you reaching like reaching out in a kind of way that told me that you like you were worried right or that you were keen on something that something was about to happen or happening I want to clarify something Rao's not worried yes that's that's fair clarification but you know what I mean like the extension of your yeah. yeah this is pre this is pre battle you know this is Rao's thing. Yeah, this feels different. This like the tides are changing in a kind of way. You probably, if anything, you feel uh, electric. Yeah. That, right. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I'm super cool with that. I really like the the like the communication being a two way street on this. So, I suppose I just need a name. Because, I can feel my friends now, and I think they're going to need me. Uh, what name does he give you? This is a great question. Uh, I will state it obviously can't be Ovid. Yeah. Man, guys, who is the who is the one the one who knows healing in this world? Bro, you get to make it up. I know. I just oh. need a name. I was hoping one of you had one on the tip of your tongue your tongue brains. Well, the thing about wizard names is they're they're they have to be long and self indulgent. Uh, okay, I've got something's popping into my head. Also, because we have a bunch of dude wizards, 
How does this this name? Uh, let me see it. Misera. More. More. Oh yeah, you're right. It needs to be more. <laughs> I need a last name. <laughs> Torex Taliani. Torex Misera Torex Taliani. <laughs> Is that self-indulgent enough for you? That seems absolutely self-indulgent enough. Does that work for you, JD? Misera Torex Taliani. All right. Yeah, he gives you that name. Misera Torex Taliani. And they will know how to help me? If anyone will, she will. Then I will go to her. I'm sorry about your mans. Soon I will return and I can put it back into repair if we should fail will they kill you we shall see won't we we shall and then it starts playing some some classic heavy metal tune as i make my way out of here uh bro you can't just do that yeah i know i figured it was going to be a roll or something but yes that is (laughs) what i'm going to attempt to do (laughs) um well i don't even know if it's a roll what is it in your mind? I don't think there's a way out of here. So mm. it's like Ypsilanti's ritual, right? Uh, yeah. And you like came along on this ride. So until the ritual is broken, I think you're stuck here. All right. Then we should give this some context. Omid. Like you've got this thread walk. and I really like the idea of you. Yeah. Like thinking that you can just leave. Yeah. That's because of that's that. That's what I'm. Yeah. yeah that's cool. what I'm. Go- that's where I'm going. Cool. With it. Let's run on it. Omid then follow starts to follow the thread away from the the shadow flames and attempts to go back into the quote-unquote real world Ooh, this is really good you like so i think you're like all right i'm gonna walk away from this fire and that that will solve it uh mm-hmm. and i think you like kind of go and you walk down the the like winding pathway or like the you know this uh this essentially this street that leads to this intersection with this flame and you like turn the corner uh, and there's the flame and Ypsilanti's oh. standing there and he kind of like looks over at you and he just has a smirk on his face. Omid like lets out a, a gasp, but then like quickly tries to move, you know, to a nut down another side, trying to get out of here, following the shadow only to be met again. I assume by the even bigger grin of Ypsilanti. Yep, exactly. Yep. Nailed it. Am I stuck here? Like I said, this place is laid out differently. You are trying to move through time, which they perceive as space. So you can't because you are mortal and you experience it literally. So you cannot just walk away from this place. But I need to get back to them. (sighs) I fear that in my haste, I may have created a a ritual that is very difficult to leave you see this was planned as something of a joint project between Ovid and I but I went ahead and did it myself I'm not perfect you see Omid's face change from dumbfounded wonder to like a frown to like a scowl Are you stuck here? Until I complete what I came here to do, yes. What do we need to do? (laughs) 
understand how to traverse time the way that these people traverse it. To move through it as we walk around. To turn that corner and instead of finding yourself in the same place, to walk back through history, to step forward a millennia in the future. Do you understand the kind of power that is? What kind of mastery over mortal life? To go wherever you want, not just, not just in physical space, but in time? I have known what it means to want to go wherever I want. You speak of bigger things than me right now. This is beyond my station. I know. I need to get back to them. I said that there was wisdom in you. Crossing that ritual circle was not wise. It was the only thing I could do. Sometimes we find ourselves in those positions, and you must live with the consequences of it. Hope that your friends are all right. Hope that it is they that interrupt this ritual and not your foes. And we're going to cut back. To yeah. Oh, God. No. We are cutting back to the bedroom. The two of you through the, the fire of this burning bed and couch see two figures, two kind of silhouettes in the flame emerge through the mirror. You see one of them kind of pause as the other looks around the room. One is uh, wearing this skirt, this high-waisted skirt with no chest or shoulder or sleeves. And that's the one uh, that stops and, and kind of stands still. Uh, while the other one is like a very tightly wrapped figure that's distinctly a human silhouette, doesn't have any kind of loose hanging anything. And that one is looking about the room. Uh, it holds a uh, a curved sword. The other one appears to hold a crossbow. You can kind of just see these silhouettes. You can't see them particularly distinctly, but those two those two emerge, and the the one kind of that stopped then turns and looks directly uh, at the at the burning flames uh, at the same time that the other one does. And the the one who had stopped um, raises its arm with the crossbow. And flitting through the flame are four or five bolts in rapid succession coming at you two. What do you two do? Gashana's going to use, because she's got the, the, like, the fire stick or the alchemist fire stick lit. She's going to use Zuko style and try to like turn the, the like fire. The, it's probably more like a road flare than its base state into basically like a flamethrower to just burn these bolts out of the air. Uh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and roll Zuko style. Come on. But it was so cool. It was so cool. Style points. Where are those on the die? <laughs> That's a five. I believe the sound was. Thun, thun, thun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I'm kind of intrigued by this. Uh, like, uh, Rao, you still have the chance to act too. And if you are acting in defense of Gashana, then you would have the opportunity to kind of interfere in this. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, Gashana's going to take some damage from these. And you still might too, right? Like, that's still on the table. Like, if you don't dodge it, then you're taking damage, but you could also, you know, potentially interfere in this. Yeah, I'm going to get in front of... Well, I can't get in front of you because you're fucking burning the bolts up. Shit. 
Huh. How big is this balcony? Is it decently sized? It's spacious, it pretty, yeah. It's spacious. Well, I just didn't want to like, it's like I'm going to try to push you out of the way, and it's like, ah. <laughs> Also, that doesn't, that doesn't seem, we're all geared up and ready to fight, so this seems... Yeah, getting getting in your getting in the way doesn't seem like what we were talking about doing really either. Rao's gonna like how this bear did we set this barricade up, Ryan? This was your idea, so I just want to clarify that we're on the same page. Is that this barricade is like waist high? Yeah, it's. I've just had the thought that slow him down a little bit. Yeah, so Rao is gonna dive over this barricade and do a roll, hopefully, and then I'm gonna take on this this one with the curved short sword and leave Gishana to the ranged guy. And hopefully she doesn't die. So are you, you're jumping back through the flame toward them? Yeah. Shit, yeah. All right. <laughs> um, so I'm, I need two things here. I will need a Defy Danger plus Dexterity from Rao. Uh, well, uh, Dexterity or Constitution. I'm cool with either one. Um, whichever one you want. However you think you're doing this. I mean, con's a better stat for me if I can, if I can lean on that a little bit. Yeah, that's cool. You're, basically, you're just dealing with the flame. Yeah. Right? And then, uh, so from Gashana, this is a this is a little bit complicated. But what I need you to do is roll a d6, and go ahead and give me that. Oh, I got you! I got you. Four. You're gonna roll four d4, and that's your damage. No, I I mean I'm dead. Like even at ma- minimum damage, I go down. Oh yeah, because you only have like four HP, right? Yeah. Well, sorry. It it just didn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you get hit with four of these like small bolts. Sorry, it just didn't seem like the thing to do to... No, it's cool. You have a bunch of hit points, and I can come back, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I don't know how I did it, but I rolled a zero on a D6 for my hit points. <laughs> okay, okay, so I'm going to defy plus con now. Yeah, cool. Oh huh. my God. That's snake eyes. Holy oh. shit, bro. I know, right? Ugh. Yeah, you like leap through this flame, and as the one, the skirted one with uh with long hair, uh, is like re um, placing bolts in his crossbow. Uh, the other one like rushes forward towards you, right? And you're able to see like see him really close up. Uh, so yeah, this figure is like bald, um, and he's wearing a bunch of uh, charms like on necklaces around his neck that are like rattling as he approaches you. He's wrapped totally in bandages that have writing across all of them. Or maybe not bandages is right, but uh, right, like black wraps that have this gold writing across every length of it. Uh, and he approaches with this like really wicked looking um, curved sword. It's like, it's, I guess I should say hooked rather than curved, right? So it's hooked forward. Um, it's a falks if you guys want to Google that, whatever. And he, he moves very, very quickly and like catches up to you. And I think it's just going to catch across um probably your bad arm because you're not able to move it super quickly right i think that also has a lot to do with my inability to do like a proper roll here too oh sure sure i like that a lot right like you're planning on kind of diving through and he you know you're not able to really do so and yeah he's gonna catch you on this arm man and that arm's toast as if it wasn't fucked before like not being able to get (laughs) out of the way like you don't have an arm cool and i think at that i'm also going to uh cross another one of these tethers off or the uh, advance the clock a little bit that may not end up mattering, whatever, but uh, there it is. As of right now, though, at least I'm going to cut back in that scene real quick um, over to Omid. You definitely are, you know, you're, you're still connected to Rao and you're, you're feeling his pain. I have to go. You can run as fast as you like. I have walked these streets a thousand, thousand times at this point. It doesn't lead anywhere. Ypsilanti, he is going to die 
if I don't get there in time. <sighs> and likely so will we. There's nothing I can do about it from here. I... I... I think I need to just try and communicate with Rao. I know that he's in agony, but I need to... I need to tell him to get me out. Go ahead and give me this Defy Danger Plus Intelligence. 13. Oh, yeah. You have a clear line of communication. And time time's dilated, so you can actually like have a little conversation. Rao, I need you to get me out. Omid, they dropped Kashana already, and they just cut off my left arm. And I need to be able to fucking protect you. I would love to help you help me. I'm just telling you that I have a lot of hoops to jump through right now. I don't even know if Kashana's going to come back up. And so I may be facing these two on one. This Damn it, I don't give a shit how many hoops you have to jump through. Get back to the circle and disrupt it. I'll find a way. Quickly. Uh, I think at that, right, um, the fox is coming back down at you. Yeah, like, it's blade glinting in the light. That's fucking great. Yeah. I uh, I love that that like cinematic that, that's like a kind of cheesy cinematic moment but I really love like the the internal conversation and then like the the bringing down of the weapon on your head. So this um this Fal- Falks is that what you said? Yeah, I think it's I think it's either uh Falks or Falks. We'll go with Falks. Cool. So the, he's bringing this Falks down toward me. And uh, I'm going to spin a gambit and go back to the reactive stance and I'm going to counterattack. Hopefully. So counterattack just means you, you roll this counterattack move, right? And then we figure out where damage lies. Is that right? Yes. Cool. Yeah. Go ahead and roll your counterattack. That's perfect here. Uh, and then are you, what are you attacking with? What are you fighting with right now? I've got the, the meteor stat or the meteor spear. Cool. No, that's a six. Ah! Shit. That was a good scene too. That sucks. Ah, I wanted that so bad. How good was the connection? Can I get like a hey, look out? <laughs> no, yeah. it's not that type. It's not that type of movie. I know. It's more the movie where it's like I was talking in my mind for a moment and then I got stabbed. Fuck. You raise your right arm to to counterattack this uh, wrapped figure, but then your arm is caught with a rope tethering around it with a claw on the end of it that hooks in your arm and it pulls it aside. The figure with the crossbow also has these hooks that he can use. And it, it draws your arm to the side. You weren't expecting this, right? And then that, that fox comes cutting down across to you. Uh, you're going to take a D10 of damage. Am I adding anything to that? Nope. Just a raw Is, D10. Really? Uh, that's, a, that's zero damage, which is dope. Excellent. So it is messy, but because it's zero, I think it just um, cancels that out pretty much. Sweet. Yeah. That, that hell yeah for that that chainmail. That's not chainmail. Woven metal fabric. Yeah. Uh, uh. So this is this is taking a little bit of time. I think that right. Like that happened essentially instantaneously, right? But then the robed figure now like kind of has you at an advantage, or the the wrapped figure, and so it is going to like reach its fox up to you, and very much just going to cut your other arm off. But Kashana, you are actually still alive. Um, I don't want to have another scene with your god, whatever, right? Like, yeah, shit just yeah. gets burned away. You come back like a fucking phoenix. Uh, so burn your other your other bond, which means I think you're out of that, right? And roll your dice. And yes, then, uh, I am. Come I'm back. at three hit points. 
this is actually important, I just realized. You need to roll the damage anyway because if you have odd damage from that attack, right? Even though you couldn't survive it if you had odd damage, oh, then it, your right. your move activates. So, I uh, so you took 44. So oh, I rolled a 12. Fair enough. Just wanted to make sure. So the crossbow guy has a like a claw wrapped around Rao's yep. arm. Correct? Exactly, yep. All right, I'm going to attempt to summon my burning brand, and we'll see how many tags I get. Yeah, it's a 12. Yeah. I'm going to do throne and near, and I'm going to do messy. Yeah. Shit, yeah. And I'm going to, like, whatever arm he's holding it with, I'm going to try to blow the arm off. The the falcs? No. The, the guy with the, the snare. The, oh, snare. the snare guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Go ahead and make your volley. 13. Go and roll your damage, man. That is five. Okay, did you have any other tags um, that uh, affect things here? So you have messy, right? And then it was just the... It's just messy and the near. Thrown and near. Yeah. Right, Thrown right. And near. Cool. Yeah, what does this look like on screen? So I think you are going to be able to um, successfully like blow this arm apart, cut it off however you so see fit. Yeah, I think Gashana hasn't realized that she doesn't need her bracelet anymore to channel the the fire. And so where, I, I mean, I don't think this is definitely like, she can't do it 100% of the time, but it's like probably more way more controlled than the first time we saw her do it. It's like a, like a sword of fire just like leaping out of her hand through this guy's arm. Uh, I think you're going to cut his hand off like right at the base of the hand, right? Yeah, I mean, whatever, it all hurts. So. <laughs> but uh, yes, this is going to successfully uh, free Rao's arm, like right as uh, this figure is bringing this blade down on it. And Rao, you're able to just avoid that, right? Once the once the snare is broken. The figure whose hand just got cut off, like snarls, right? And uh, like swings its its crossbow back around toward, uh, toward you, Ishana. Rao or Gashana, what do the two of you do? Um, Omid, if you want to try to do something too or like, you know, influence things going on, you are welcome to do so. Okay. So this this figure brings the... I keep wanting to say Kopesh, and even though it's not a Kopesh. It's not a Kopesh this time. It's basically I know, a I Kopesh, just, but it's slightly different. Well, when you said earlier Curved Sword, I was like, oh, it's a Kopesh. And <laughs> then, <laughs> I love and that then, I then, affected that in you guys' minds. <laughs> <laughs> no so a fox is like half handle half blade and the blade is mostly straight and then hooks at the very top hooks forward yeah i have i know what you're talking about yeah. but in my mind i just want to keep saying kopesh yeah that's fair so when this figure brings this this fox down and i think it just dings against the the stone floor Rao looks quickly toward the the figure that had just unsheathed its bow and i'm gonna chuck my javelin at it and try to throw it off base. At the same one that just got its uh, hand cut off, right? Yes. Awesome. Fuck yeah. Go ahead and volley plus strength uh, with this uh, with this javelin. That's an eight. I'm going to take what I can get. I'm going to do minus, minus 1d6. It's one damage. Okay, cool. Um, so I, I think I'm really interested in this because you are also trying to like stop him from getting a successful shot off, right? So I think that's most of my intention. Yeah, right. Exactly. So you throw the spear. It's not going to do any damage because he has armor, but he um, the way that it manifests itself, right, is he like pulls his uh, his crossbow up and, and knocks the spear out of the way. It's thrown at him and it, and it goes clattering across the floor. 
but it is it is enough to to like throw him off right however this other figure is like still by you right uh and he absolutely is just gonna swing that that fox again at you after you've thrown your javelin i'm trying to think of the cool thing that rao would do here because this is all this is all happening within seconds of each other which i really really enjoy fuck yeah so this figure is bringing the fox back up at, in in an arc from the floor to attempt to just slice at rao yep i mean he might, he might be even going for a leg or something right yeah, and Rao's gonna bring his bring his boot up and attempt to just stomp the blade back down. Oh fuck yeah, this is gonna go terribly if it goes wrong. I love it. Oh yeah, but it's really it's really cool. Yeah, it's and badass. It's, it all, this, is, this is a cool as fuck like fight scene. What all plays into like Rao, like yes, I have to keep doing all these other things. So that's what I'm gonna try to do, and we'll see how this goes. Cool. Uh, that sounds like to me. So you're not really dealing damage, but it's still melee combat. So I'm cool with giving you a defied ninja plus strength on this one. Cool. That's an 11. Nice. Yeah, you're able to like bring it up and it's like a straight like kung fu movie, right? Like you kick your boot at it and like smashes against it and his and his hand like goes clattering back and he probably like spins around and like is staring back back at you, right? There's like a couple feet between you two now. Gashana, what are you doing? Gashana break the circle. Oh, nice. What is this circle made out of? It is chalk on which bioluminescent uh shit has been attracted to and grown. Okay. As Rao yells that out to her, she bends down and scoops up the stick of alchemist fire again, and then with like a almost absent-mindedly just moves her toe through the chalk line and just like breaks it. <laughs> okay, so you're not using the the alchemist fire to break the line. You're just using your. No, I'm just getting it back in my hand. Okay, just yeah. I think you're trying to show that she's not really thinking about Omid necessarily. Well, yeah, she doesn't know why Rao wants her to do that. Right. She probably has a, some idea because she's, you know, not dumb and can use magic. But, yeah, is that going to be enough to break this? Or were you thinking it has to be something more than that? Um, No, I think I'm just going to give you um a, a roll and we'll let that decide. Oh, gotcha. Give me a defy danger plus intelligence. I think that makes sense. Actually, because I think it only makes sense that, like, this would just break the circle, right? Like, you're breaking the circle. So maybe it's not really a necessarily, like, you don't have to understand the magic to do it. So instead, defy danger plus, I think, dex to see how quickly you do this. Because you're, like, trying to grab it and, like, tow uh, this chalk at the same time, right? Six. Oh, fuck. Ah, I, have a had a seven. I have a gambit. Yes. Yes, he does. Fuck yeah. So you can just add a plus one, right? Yeah, I can add a plus one to anyone's roll. And this all is part of my plan, considering I just yelled at you to do it. Y'all so. y'all just handed me this easy shit. Boy, alchemist fire or chalk. You can't get both. <laughs> it's the chalk. That's easy. Cool. You, like, reach out for the alchemist fire while you're also trying to get the circle, and you knock the stick off the balcony. Okay. Yeah, no, that's cool. But you break the circle. As you do so, right, across eons, across space and time, the two of of you, Ypsilanti and Omid, uh, you both like feel a little strange, and you look at each other. And I think Omid, maybe you like cock an eyebrow or something. Like, hmm. And Ypsilanti just like nods at you, and then <laughs> you two have left Vruer, left the inverted city of the Silver Flame, and are back in your bodies. And Ypsilanti just collapses, like his arm drops the the crystal he was holding, shatters on the ground. Um, and he holds his like withered arm and just cradles over, right? Like his body has a year of being kept alive only by magic and not with any kind of earthly substance. And it's pretty fucked up. He's in a lot of pain. 
And so he kind of just like cradles over. But Omid, you are thrust back in your body. The circle is broken. There's shit on fire. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. This isn't exactly according to plan. Kushana is <laughs> is standing over you with like a, a blank look in her eye um, at you. And you can probably hear fighting going on in the other room. You're back, man. What do you do? I charge towards Rao. Cool. There's fire. Yeah. That's that's fine. <laughs> Give me uh, either a defied injury plus dex or a defied injury plus constitution, whether you're like trying to leap over this or um, trying to like barrel through the flames. It's the same thing. So I think for this one, let's go with Khan. He's just barreling through stuff. I don't think he's being particularly dexterous. Cool. So, just to give you, like, narrative Yeah, power. that just affects whatever happens on, you know, missed rolls. That's an 11. Uh, <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> That's the power of love. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Um, yeah, you uh, you just kind of charge through these flames, totally ignoring them, like, sloughing them off, right? You're in this room. I will say, you recognize one of these figures. I was going to ask that exact same question. Who are these folks? Or who is that folk? The dude in the wraps, you mean? Yeah. You No, you do not recognize that one. You recognize the other oh. one. Who for art thou? So this is Heshmat. He is the Shah's hunter. He basically hunts down those of interest to the Shah. You know that he can, in fact, like smell out his prey like a dog would, right? Uh, and yeah, he's, uh, I mean, he's known for being ruthless and very efficient at what he does. And he, you know, as you come in, right, like he's kind of cradling his arm with his other arm that holds the crossbow, right? And his eyes, like in their in their eye-shadowed starkness, glint over at you as you leap through the fire. He recognizes you, right? Like he's been smelling you and sniffing you out. And he knows that you're the one that he's here for. So as you immediately leap through, he's going to raise his, his crossbow right at you. So you've made it through the fire. But you're moving forward. Rao's pretty well engaged with this other figure who you do not recognize. But it's pretty likely that depending on how things go, depending on what you choose to do, that you're going to get a chest full of bolts. So what do you do? Hashmat, stop what you are doing. Did the Shah tell you to take me alive or dead? Is that it? Is that all you got? Is he just going to shoot me? Yeah. Yeah, he just shoots you. Oh, that's a little... That, that sucks. <laughs> um... <laughs> Sorry, bro. Have the epic talk before the epic confrontation. Nope. <laughs> well, I thought you were giving me some details. If that, no, case, you have. Then I'm not you even... have the, it was just so that you knew who this person was. It wasn't. You're not like bros with him. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> just in the sense of like what you tell me there is that. No, I think it's perfect I, that you're I like, would already you're like, hey, Heshma, you don't have to do this. And he's like, <laughs> no, yeah, but that also like to me subverts like the idea of I would already know that he wasn't going to do that. If that's the case. Uh, fair. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you would. Yeah, I, I, I just feel like I that's a little no, undercutting. It. I have like, a note on this that literally says Omid would likely know him by reputation. Yeah. In that, ca- in that case, I would know that there's no convincing him of anything. He's just a slave. Yeah, I'm cool with that. You can still say that, but I think you need to be defending or dodging, you know. Yeah. So I'm g- maybe, I'll, maybe I will say that. I'm going to use that as a little bit of a trap. When I yell that out, these flames are at my back. And they cast a nice, uh, all of our shadows, right? He's a, he's in front of me, if I understand this correctly. Yep. Our shadows are behind. This in, in Your my, shadow No, your shadow would also be My shadow's forward. in front of me, but his is behind him. Yes. Because he's yes. facing me. Yes. In my fantasy world, 
a scorpion's tail is going to come up from his shadow and stab him through the heart. All right, so you're going to try to cast black magic, right? Hell yes. Cool. I like Omid trying to talk to him and get his attention so that he can get stabbed in the back, which is actually pretty fucking cool. <laughs> this, is, this is my hope. Choose your tags. Oh, yeah. Piercing two and debilitating, I think. Uh, maybe subtle, actually, since that's what I'm going for. So hopefully he has no real, like I've actually got him with this. I like that instead of just doing debilitating, which, you know, is just like a mechanical advantage. Um, I like subtle as a thing that he really just didn't, he did not expect this type of an attack. So yeah, those are the two tags I'm choosing. Uh, Cool. Don't roll this. You go to cast it and the figure that was attempting to cut down Rao has, while still like keeping the blade toward Rao, raised his other hand up as you go to cast a spell. And while you are expecting to strike him with the scorpion, nothing happens. And Heshmat smiles at you with his uh, sharpened teeth and pulls the trigger on his crossbow. You got counterspelled, bro. No. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you can give me, like, I want to see how quickly you react to this, right? Like being able to keep up with this. Um, So you can give me a defy danger plus dex to, to dodge out of the way of these bolts. Sure. Yeah, it's a five. Fucking shit. Really? I don't, I'm not supposed to do that. Like I have no <laughs> bonus to yeah, rolling yeah. out of the way. I don't like I, I was, you know, if I was doing what I was supposed to do, yeah, it's a seven through nine, but no. Yeah. yeah I mean, so in that case, right. Um, this happens. I will potentially allow, um, so you ended up with a five, right? So a doesn't work here, but because the, the other figure, the wrapped figure had to draw his attention away from Rao, Rao, you could potentially act in defense here since you're a fucking battle master so you're you're pretty aware of what's going on right if you so choose otherwise uh yeah i mean omid you're gonna take a a d6 d4 of damage you're giving me the opportunity to 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 get in front of these is that what you're saying uh yeah you can literally roll defend on this i will do that cool go and roll it ha yeah nope holy shit really fuck really fuck so what does this look like when you attempt to act? Well, I, I see I see this wrapped figure raise its arm up, and I've seen Omid do a pretty similar gesture before, and I really and I understand what's happening, and I already begin to move toward Omid. That's where things go wrong. Uh, you, I guess, you tell me where things how things go wrong there. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I think you slip in your own blood from your arm. That's right. Actually, pretty reasonable. Yeah. I'm trying to decide. I'm trying to decide how I want to do this. So I don't want to redirect it per se, but the way that this like works out is that there are like multiple bolts anyway. So I think you'll both end up taking damage. So either one of you go and roll a d6, and then what you got? I got a three. Okay. So then I think that Omid, you're gonna take the brunt of it. You're gonna take two d4, and then Rao, you're gonna take one d4. Because you're able to still like get, you know, you kind of, it's just your body's like just happens to catch one of these bolts. Yeah, I, my armor, it gets lodged in my armor. Ah, awesome. I take three. Cool. Gashana, you're the only one currently not being riddled with bolts. What do you do? Gashana's getting real sick of crossbow boy. (laughs) She's going to try to put one into the crossbow. (laughs) Just uh, take out that. Okay. Go ahead and just roll me... Defy danger, this will kind of count as one of your uses, right? 
and so you can you can operate it as so i think it's what intelligence that you're attacking well, with? yeah it's intelligence yep. so go ahead and do a defy digital plus intelligence uh if you succeed uh you will successfully uh disarm that's a nine. Oh, okay i i like this um so i think that you are uh your flaming sword like hits this crossbow right and it burns it or melts it into slag and then this other the other figure the wrapped figure sees that and like kind of looks over at you and raises a hand and like points a finger at you is like even his finger right is like wrapped up in this this black uh with gold writing and mutters something we'll see where that goes in a second yeah i'm gonna try and counterspell that yeah perfect awesome fuck yeah Fine, wizard battle, let's go. I think this is the first time we've used this, actually, so go ahead and read that out. Oh, yeah, do you want to read it out? A counter spell, roll plus int. When you counter a magic spell that is cast, roll plus int. On a 10 plus, choose two. On a 7 through 9, choose one. The spell deals no damage. The spell's effects are superficial and temporary. You take plus one forward against the caster or use black magic against the caster immediately, even if you don't have the move. You don't need to specify a range tag. So, yeah. Those are the options cool fuck. for Counterspell. Let's roll it. That'll be an eight. I'm going to go with the spell deals no damage. I'm trying to protect Gashana. Uh, interesting. All right. So the spell is going to deal no damage, but Gashana, your, your flame sputters out. Rao, you probably have the chance to act given what's going on. Uh, you're pretty close to this wrapped figure. And while the other, uh, I think Heshmat... Uh, this other figure, right, has lost his other crossbow. He's going to reach back and pulls out another claw on a rope. Cool. Oh, shit. Um, there's something I want to do. I'm just trying to decide how I, how I want it to work. This wrapped figure has his arm outstretched in front of me, and it's attention temporarily away. That rope and claw are still stuck in my right arm. I'm going to drop my arm down and grab the rope and swing it around this robed figures or sorry this wrapped figures leg and attempt to grab the other side and trip him cool so the way that this works basically is you hack and slash on a seven through nine um you can just choose one of them on a 10 plus uh you'll get them both importantly i can't hack and slash oh um huh okay i'm cool with you doing this as a defy danger then you just don't get to do the damage that's entire that's just fine with me cool Strength, so yeah, though? Uh, yep, yep, plus strength. That's a 10. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. You're at least going to be able to catch him. Uh, you want to actually, like, trip him, right? That was the intention, yeah? Cool. Yeah, you trip him up. He's going to, like, come down to uh, at least one knee, right? Like, you caught the one leg, and he, and he goes down. But anybody can pretty much do anything. Heshmat has this other um, claw that he's pulling out. Yeah, what do you guys do? Yeah, I think Gashana's going to attempt to resummon her burning brand. Cool. Roll it. 12. I'm going to do messy and forceful. Tight. And it looks like uh, on her right arm, a cestus, like coming yep. up like around and all the way up her arm. Just has like spikes of flame coming up off of it. Fuck yeah. And since she can't be harmed by mundane fire, I'm just going to like pommel horse volley over the uh, the couch, the burning couch. Cool. Yeah, you don't have to roll for it. You just do it. Yeah. She charges at uh, Heshmat and is going to attempt to shove the Cestus through his face. Shit, yeah. Hack and slash. Yeah, that's a seven. Cool. Go ahead and roll your damage. That's five. 
yeah, I'm trying to think about what this would look like. Um, so forceful, you're obviously going to knock him back, uh, which is good because it buys like Omid and, and you all space. You weren't really necessarily going for anything for Messi. Uh, I think like some of these spikes just like go through, right? Like they're really deep um, wounds, if that's cool with you. Yeah, no, this, I was just, that was for future use. Right, right, exactly. Cool. However, this is not good because uh, as you like ran into him, he just sunk this claw into you and then you knocked him backward, right? And he just rips back with it. So you're going to take damage as well. That is just a D8 of damage. <laughs> yes, just a just, D8. Just a simple D8. You got armor, this. Listen, all right. You got this. You got <laughs> armor, this. You got armor this. applies? <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> no, I don't. Oh. oh poop well there was a chance you're gonna have to actually roll your last breath this time I aren't am. you yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. you got a <laughs> yeah. fucking bonds to burn my friend so yeah gashana goes down as heshmat is knocked backwards omid or rao what are the two of you doing do something omid you you counterspelled something and then it's more or less the rounds back to you yeah i uh am interested in doing the tendrils of agony to him which uh to, to my heshmat? mind the magic user okay which i believe is unnamed person that yep he's has been tripped up he's like in his uh, on their knees yep he's on right from the trip up this is what i'm picturing my dominant arm which it's me so it's a if the character is me it's the left arm always is just going to like produce and protrude medusa like snakes in a in a wrapping that are just wrapping and entwining around my hand as I'm just going to try and stick this thing in his face and, you know, murder him with this. That uh, I, I, wish to, I wish to end him with this kind of ending device. So you are attempting black magic, right? Yes, sir. Okay. You're not going to be able to pull this off unless Rao does something to help you. What, what, why? What's, what do you mean? So, basically, this figure does not need to cast uh, a counter spell to protect himself from magic. And I'm cool with you because it's like a Hydra head thing. Like, maybe the first one can strike, uh, and it doesn't really do anything. And you're like, huh? And then Rao's like, hmm. But there's going to need to be some sort of involvement from Rao to pull this off. This character is very well protected from magic. Gotcha. Is he still on, his, is he still on one knee? Yes, you do still have that. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run up and... Because I, I, I had a little bit of space b- between us. I'm going to run up and I'm going to attempt to get him behind the head and put my hand over his mouth and keep him from saying anything, which is how we've seen him do stuff, magic stuff, up to this point. Right. Okay, let's see how this goes. We'll see We'll see where this ends up at. Give me a defy danger plus probably strength to dominate him. Works for me. That's a 10. Okay, cool. You're going to be able to hold on to him, right? Like you've got him in a really good grip, but... Omid's spell still isn't doing anything. And I think the danger now is, unless you can figure that out, Heshmat is getting back to his feet and is like swinging this, uh, this hook around. And he's pretty close to Omid. So my spell isn't working. It like seems it's, Like to... it's firing off, right? But it's just not, he doesn't seem to be affected by it. Does it appear that there's like some kind of barrier outside of him or? It is turned away as, as if he, you know, as if he is a well-armored folk turning away sling stones. It's his wraps. Yeah, I mean, that, sound, that sounds cool. I would like to try and figure out what's stopping, what's the source of this barrier. If you want me to roll for that, that sounds kind of interesting. Yeah, I'm super into that. Let's DR. Uh, 
nine. What here is not what it appears to be? Yeah, perfect. So this dude has multiple layers of protective magic covering him. So he's wearing multiple charms around his neck. He has these wraps that have spells written on them, counter spells essentially written over every inch of it, plus his own magic, right? So these things are are essentially um, designed to protect him from any kind of magical assault. He's a, I'll just, I mean, he's an anti-magic mage. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's cool. Rao, cut his fucking head off. So I'm going to let go of this robed figure's head just as Omid screams that. And just as I planned, they will attempt to slash at me, which I will back up a little bit, pull out my short spear, and stab them through the neck. I'm going to spend two gambit to deal my damage. Hell yeah, let's do it. That's eight damage. It sinks pretty deep. I don't think you quite catch the neck, but like probably right underneath it, right? Like right through the collarbone. And it just sinks all the way through and comes out the other side. Omid, this hook comes flying at you. What do you do? So it's coming like an overhand strike, basically, like an overhead strike. Yep. I'm going to try and sidestep it and just gut check him, like rib check him on the side. Okay. Yeah, give me a defy danger plus dex. If you succeed in this, you'll just be able to get like a check on him for free. That's going to be a seven. Cool. I think you can get up to him, uh, and you can deal your damage to him, but you're going to get hooked by this thing. All righty. Four damage. <laughs> All right, you're doing it. Cool, cool. So you hit him. You're, like, just gut-checking him, right? Yeah. Cool. The wind gets knocked out of him a little bit, and he's like, stumbles down to a knee, and he just wraps his hands around the rope, and he prepares to yank this, this blade out of you. Rao, what are you doing? I'm going to change to the aggressive tactic. Shit, yeah. And if this works, I am going to twist my short spear and cut his fucking head off. That's an 11. I'm going to cut his fucking head off. Fuck yeah. Go ahead and roll your hack and slash on this. Nah, fuck. That's a six. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Oh, wait. I still do my damage on a six minus. That's aggressive. Oh, fuck yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're just going to take some fucking damage. Kill him. Fuck yeah. Ah, uh, five. Nice. Uh, bro, Man. you're going to cut his fucking head off. <laughs> um, I was like, you did seven before, unless this guy's got infinity fucking... <laughs> oh, I just was... This is the first time I've used... I get a roll best of 2d8 when I use my aggressive tactic, and I really wanted it to be an eight. That's all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, just, yeah, five damage. Yeah, man. You're going to fucking cut this dude's head off, but he's going to fucking gut you. So, you're going to take a d10 of damage. Dope. That's six damage. Uh, after armor, it's four uh, yeah, but, it is messy, so it's pretty gross and pretty, like, fucked up and ragged, but sounds like you're still alive. You maybe have to, like, poke an intestine back in there, but it's all right. It'll be all right. Yeah, this fucking mage's head comes tearing off. Heshmat is, like, looking over angrily, right, at his partner being killed. I mean, you got a chance to act here, but he's going to yank on this thing, so what do you do? I'm going to grab the... the it's, a, it's a like a roped claw, right? Is yep. that what I'm... It's I'm a claw gonna, on I'm a gonna, rope. <laughs> yeah, great. Okay, I wanted to make sure we're all on the exact same boat. I'm going to grab it right by it, it, the, the claw aspect of it. I would like, if, if I may, to send the, the snake's serpentine up the rope to bite him in the face. Okay, so you're trying to, you're trying to do this black magic on him, right? Yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to end this man's life. 
but you're also trying to hold on to the claw, right? To like prevent him from tearing at it. Is that right? I was thinking of it more as a channeling thing. I'm willing to be stupid. Maybe I shouldn't be so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Don't, yeah. don't be stupid. Don't be a hero. Raul Ra will cut his head off too. Yeah. Okay. In that case, I think I'm actually just going to mitigate what's happening here with the claw tearing me off. So I'm trying to like wrap my hand up in the rope and start pulling on him to try and try hmm. and yeah. Right. Like try and weather him trying to yank it out of me. This sounds like a fight is plus constitution. It'd be cool. It's more about endurance. Like you guys are struggling for a little bit. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, cool. Let's roll it. That'll be a nine. Okay. You're going to be able to hold him here for a little bit, but you're not going to get the best of it. It's still caught in you, and you're not really going to be able to act. That That's fine as well, because as, I still have the con. I, I have sick marked from before. I still have that, right? Right. Okay, yeah. That's what I wanted to double check. Otherwise, it's a 10. But yes, it is a 9. So yeah, I am I am in the struggles of it with him. Cool. Rao, now you have the you have the chance to act though, right? What do you do? Yeah, so I I I cut this robed figure's head off and I see Omid tug of warring. I'm going to throw my short spear at Heshmat with the intention of doing as much damage as possible to him. Cool. Go ahead and roll a volley with this. This is a normal volley. You're rolling plus dex. That is a seven. Yeah, we're, we're going to take what I can get again. Rao isn't a very proficient ranged marksman. Minus 1d6. Because I'm in the aggressive tactic, I always roll my damage twice and take the better result. Oh, nice. So that's four damage. That's enough, man. What does it look like? Like low pan. He, he just gets stuck <laughs> in the forehead with a fucking... Uh, short sword that's been crafted into this weird thing now. While he's tug of warring with Omid, his he's he only looks over just too late, and just right between the eyes, and he falls back stiff as a board. Fuck yeah, that's so good. Gashana, we've been to your black gates before. What's different this time? I think that the the fires are roaring at a fever pitch. That sort of reflects her state of mind when she died. Yeah, that's awesome. There's like these spiraling spikes of fire. Yeah, and Gashana walks up to the to Khan on the throne. He's probably like wearing armor, like war armor and shit, right? At this yeah, point, yeah, like, huge ass fucking wings of flame. I was gonna say you worship the literal devil. <laughs> yeah, Gashana is actually metal. I mean, as fuck. Yeah, yeah, eventually yeah. I can literally just my weapons are made out of hellfire. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, she kneels before the throne again and just I've sacrificed so much and I'm not done yet send me back Kashana let me see the fire in your eyes 10 plus let's go no sorry JD we we cut you off yeah I just rolled a 10 fuck yes dude you're like you're back you're back brother I love it that you've done like three times in 30 minutes. You're like, dead, not dead, not dead. I think it hits, right? And he's like, he's like, let me see the fire in your eyes. And you stand up and you look at him and your eyes are fucking like just burning. And they're, he just, they're actual fire. Yeah. yeah. And he just fucking laughs and then just like, poof, you're back. You just fucking did it. You killed, you killed the <laughs> final boss is what do you guys do? 
we're essentially in in pseudo epilogue mode um you guys can hand wave a lot of this shit but feel free to have any conversation you guys want to so what happens immediately is is Rao I think he collapsed after throwing the spear so Omid you have the camera for a minute before we we do other things Rao's probably bleeding out so yeah Omid is going to rush to your side grabbing you taking can we say narratively conveniently leftover like little bits of bandage probably just tear it he's tearing apart clothes use the guy's wraps oh yeah that's, oh, that's actually, actually fucking that's, cool. that's cool i actually really like that as a piece yeah he he starts unraveling the wraps from the magic user and starts just trying to bandage up your arm and your guts and he's trying to work hurriedly as all the the flames around him are just licking up and smoke is choking them and when he gets everything as tight as possible, he starts to try and drag you out to the balcony. Omid, Omid, I had bandages in my pack this entire time. <laughs> That's good, Rao. <laughs> we need to get out onto the balcony or else we'll choke to death in here. Gashana, get Gashana. Come on, get up. I'm trying to like shoulder you to like push you through to the outside of the balcony. If nothing else, to get your momentum towards that, if you feel like you can walk. Rao pushes you off and, and stumbles for a little bit before regaining his balance and making it over to the balcony. Then I'll move over to Gashana. <coughs> Back again. You definitely coughed up like a plume of smoke. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I assume you don't die by the flame. And I extend my arm out to you? To like do the do the bro arm thing, she just doesn't even look at it. Just gets up on her own. I'll like do I'll, pushes I'll, it I'll, aside. Yeah, even. I'll do the like slump down to its side to my sides and okay, <laughs> just move move forward, gathering our things. We make our way out to the balcony after that to gather ourselves, and also Omid's gonna check on Ypsilanti. Ypsilanti is going to like look up at all of you and he like looks back at the at the carnage behind you right and he just has a look of like just wariness that has all come upon him a year's worth of wariness that has sunk into him and he frowns and he raises his left arm his like decent arm that's not totally withered away and the three of you fall and the three of you smack into the, the green grass of the meadow outside of the Dimensions domain. It appears to be unseeable once again. Rao lands on top of Omid. <laughs> How did this happen? I planned it. <laughs> <laughs> we land outside back in like the plains, right? Yeah. We hear the crackling and the water. We hear water and like just life and foliage and bullshit. And Omid is just gonna kinda just he's just gonna wrap his like arms around Rao. In that way that like I'm sure you guys have given a really like intense embrace to someone and you like hold you like hold them and you hug them for a long time, and then you do that thing where like your arms come around the back of their head and it's like your heads are right next to each other. And, and it's like, you're just kind of breathing there. It, it happens to me in sadder moments when I've been with another person, but I think it's also happened to me in like moments where I've just, you know, like 
you're just kind of like at your wits end and you're just with this other person. And that is, I think where like the, the like small little, just, just that kiss on the side of the head comes in and Omid just whispers in his ear. I'm sorry that that was all for bullshit, but I think we know what we got to do now. And Rao just looks at Omid, just, me too. And then, yeah, they just do a big old open mouth kiss on the grass. Yes! Gashana, what do you do when you're ejected from the the dimension? Gashana, like, pulls out the crown from her satchel to make sure that it's still there. Sees that it is. Slides it back in. Sees... Rao and Omid, who she has all these memories of being friends with and, like, becoming close with, but none of the feelings are there anymore. Like, she doesn't care. And that simultaneously, like, the not caring also makes her really sad because she, like, it's never going to come back. It's not like old friends that you haven't seen in a while where, like, I'll be able to care about these people again or, like, I'm excited to see them. That's just never going to be there for her. And, yeah, I think the last scene of Kashana is just her walking back the way they came. <sighs> That's it, everybody. The dimension is done. Sorry, that's my dog. <laughs> he's uh, he's DMing now. God damn it. <laughs> you fucker. Dog, you're ruining a scene. <laughs> <laughs> he knows it too. That's why he's a... What a lush. <laughs>